We made it. Look at that. You didn't think we would, but we did. Here we are. Another edition of The Cool Dad Rules. My name is Bill Adams. Thanks so much for being here. Spending your valuable time with me. Uh, following along with the Facebook page. Appreciate that. Downloading the podcast. Sharing that along. Appreciate that. And especially writing in. This is working out great because you drive this thing. And everybody's comments, suggestions, uh, anything you have to say on thecooldadrules at gmail.com has been absolutely awesome. And let's talk New Year's resolutions for obvious reasons, right? This time of the year, just coming off a new year and where we are right now. And case in point, look at this that came into the mailbag. And I want to make sure I get his name right. It's Scott from it's Prescott, Arizona. I thought it was Scott Still. It's Prescott, Arizona. Hey, Bill, love the podcast. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it very much. Not so much a request as a suggestion for goal setting in the family. Make New Year's resolutions together. Ah, good point. Uh, something very achievable and not too hard to, I think he said, attain here. Absolutely, Scott. I totally agree. And more of that in a second because you're absolutely right because it's about keeping New Year's resolutions, right? They fall. They fall apart. You feel like garbage after. I have racked with guilt, especially if you try to do it as a family. I let the family down. I'm supposed to be the leader. Don't do that. Don't, don't be that person. But it's absolutely true. I have a statistic for you, which, by the way, is the worst thing you can do in public speaking because it goes in one ear and out the other. But I'm going to do it anyway because I looked it up. And you're smarter than most people, so, you know, you're going to remember this. By just about this time, maybe a little bit further into the year, but, but by just a couple of weeks, 80%, 80% of all resolutions, new goals people have made at the start of the year have fallen apart. You know, life got in the way. Something else happened, a job change, uh, this pandemic, which still sucks, all this other stuff, all these different things happened that made whatever awesome life goal you have go away. And it just compounded in many cases. I've gone through this too, where now you feel even worse than you did before you made the goal. That's what we want to avoid, right? That's what we want to have fall apart. And there's a couple of different ways we'll get into here in a second that I've learned in my own life experience. And that's all I do here. You drive it, but I just share my opinion. I'm just the guy with the microphone that I found to keep those new year's resolutions and make them effective, especially in a family setting. More on that in a second. Can I start off with this, though? And it may shock you. It shocked me when I heard it. One of the best uh, achievement personal development coaches I've ever known in my entire life said to me once about New Year's resolutions. You know, New Year's is the absolute worst time to make a change in your life. And I said, what? What are you talking about? Nobody says that. Everybody makes New Year's resolutions. And he said, right. How many people do you know that hold them? And I said, ah, that's why you're rich, and I'm just a radio worm. I get it. But he's right. But his reasoning was brilliant, and I've never forgotten it, and it's changed goal setting for me and targets and systems ever since then, ever since that day he told me. And his reasoning was this. When you start to make a life change at the beginning of the year, which is the popular thing to do, all the mainstream news outlets will do their little lifestyle stories and talking about it, and you hear people on air talking about it and all that other stuff, it's the trendy thing to do, so a lot of people do it. Here's what happens. Down the road, you're surrounded by people, usually, who fall apart at the very same time. And I really, truly believe, I don't like a lot of cliches, but I've always believed in this one. I think it's the God's honest truth. Misery does love company. It's true. I swear to you, it's true. You know those people in your family, at work especially, 
your friends even, if they failed trying to stop smoking and you all tried together, what's the, what's the first thing they want you to do? Fail as well. You can fail together. That way they're not, only, they're not the only one. And the dangerous thing is, even if you're going strong, there's a really good chance, hello, 80% failing, that you're going to be surrounded by people who are failing around you. And they're dragging you down into the swamp that they're dragged down into. Not everybody, but a lot of people will do this. And they want you to fail too. And the timing of this, right about now, on the calendar, is when you really start to see and feel this thing happen. So, January is a terrible time to make goal setting. Do it later on. Do it on a, a random Wednesday in, in March or April or in the summer or any time, really. But stay away from that period of time. But you already did. It's too late for that. You made your goal and you're actually doing great. So enough of that. You want to keep it now. So what do you do? The one you may have heard of, you probably already heard of, that I've found that's really effective too, is exactly what Scott from Prescott, Arizona, emailed in, was talking about here. That's a great idea to have that uh, group effort together. You know, it's almost kind of like, uh, it's not group therapy, but it's, it's, it's team building and motivation to get yourself and your team together to do it. You see this a lot with uh, charity drives. People put together work groups for, um, you, you know, the American Cancer Society walks and different things, and you kind of motivate each other and you do different things. It's great. If you don't have that kind of a support system, though, to get a goal done any time of the year, really, what can you do? You know, you work alone. You don't have that many people around. You don't have that many friends. You got a family somewhere, a family of something or some people somewhere near you and immediate families are great. And here's where the parenting part comes in. Kids are great at this. Even if they're not in the house, if you're separated or you only get to see them a couple of days a week or whatever, have you ever told kids to keep you accountable for something? They're unbelievable at it. When our kids were really small, like three and five, you know, I, I work in radio mainly, so I can't swear on the air. This is my theory. I swear like a sailor, like in real life, because I can't swear at work. <laughs> that's what I've always thought. Is That's the reasoning for it. Is that my excuse anyway, right? So we tried a thing where it was like a swear jar, and the kids would hold me accountable. I, I, I never realized they had such super hearing until, like, you know, we tried to institute this actual method to try to, you know, keep from swearing. They were unbelievable in keeping me on task for that. And it actually worked. You know, at that age, <laughs> to hold me accountable and, and to make sure that I swore less, and my wife too, and it actually worked that way. Kids are great at this. First suggestion is just that, and it's, not, it's a common thing, to hold a family, yeah, do it together for goal setting, for New Year's resolutions or any other kind of goal, for sure. But here's the key. Even if you're working together, are you holding each other accountable for it? And not in a nasty kind of way either, just reminders, daily reminders, you know? Hey, Dad, you know, do you need that extra coffee? Haven't you had enough caffeine today? Or Mom, it would be really great, you know, if you can, if you can stop smoking and, and, and do it for us. Or motivating the kids, as us as parents, and doing it that kind of way, too. Holding them accountable outside of the normal parenting kind of system and using it as the excuse because, hey, it's on the chart. Remember, we were going to have less cookies this week. Here we go. I'm holding you to your goal. That way you're the team member. They hate you a lot less because you're not just the annoying par parent. You're the team member trying to hold them accountable. Way more effective. This isn't the nasty part. This is where I want you to get mean. This is more effective. And I know you have it in you. 
And you're going to say, Bill, I'm not like that. And I'm going to say, yes, you are. You've got a mean streak and you need to develop it. Just hear me out because it's effective. I promise you. Okay. And this specifically is for you as a parent, as the adult. Remember we talked about how many people fail around you, right? And you start to see it. January, your your gym, uh, your martial arts studio, the art class, the yoga class, it's packed. It's packed with people who have made these New Year's resolutions, right? They're all there. They're all motivated. You've been there for five years. But they're the ones who are like bossing you around and they're taking up your mat space and they're annoying and they're on the bench too long and they're on the treadmill too long. They don't obey the 30-minute rule. They're all over the place, right? And they start to fall back. This is what I want you to do. Just trust me. You've got a mean streak in you. There's a benefit here. Keep a mental note. If you want to, keep a written note. But all to yourself. On all the people that have failed around you. And you stayed strong. Any time of the year. Not just New Year's. Any time of the year. Keep a track of your friends. Coworkers. Random people at the gym you don't know. Somebody else that's working on a project. The people you outlasted it and survived. And you will be like me. A cold-hearted person who attains their goals. No, it's not about cold-hearted, but it's not. It's keeping track of your own progress. Why not? Why not use that? There are people falling around you. Use that as motivation as well. Use it as a source of pride. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I really don't think you do either. I have survived 50% of the Groupon people at the gym. Yay me. Write that down. Help you use that to get your goals through and to actually succeed. All right, maybe you think that's too mean. I don't know. It's not celebrating the fail. No, it's not. It's not celebrating the failure of others. I can hear you right now. My ears are buzzing. No, it's not. It's celebrating your mental toughness and your fortitude and your endurance to get your goals done. And if you want to take it a step further, just a suggestion. Again, you drive this. I'm just the guy talking. Maybe not such a bad thing to pass on to the kids as a mental toughness exercise. Not in a mean way. Not in a teasing kind of way. Not to be a jerk. That's not what we're learning here. No, not at all. I'm just saying, as a reminder of your own awesomeness, hey, noticed in your class, you know, on the, on the uh, reading goal, Everybody else is falling behind. You're not. Good job. Maybe you can teach them that later on. Just a suggestion. Lots of suggestions. That's what we need. Your suggestions. You will drive this thing even beyond New Year's resolutions, and we'll get this thing going. Again, it's thecooldadrules at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Facebook uh, community group is coming soon, too. The Facebook page is there already, and uh, the podcast, share it along and download it. We'll talk to you soon.